Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Happy New Year, friends and faithful listeners. It is officially 2022. But, uh, you know, every single time I sign the date for the next like six months, it's going to be 2021 still. (laughs) I used to have a job back when I worked at the salon where uh, I'd have to sign the date every single day when I had a client come in. They would have to like, I I can't remember why we had to do that. It was really stupid, but we did. Every time a client came in, we'd have to like name and date them and put them into the system. And I swear it took me like four solid months to actually get the new year right. (laughs) And I do that every single time. I'm going to be writing 2021 for the next six months or so, I'm sure. But I hope you guys had a really happy new year and were able to watch the ball drop. If you guys enjoy that. Uh, We do, kind of. We watch the ball drop, but every single year we're just like, why did we bother staying up to watch the ball drop? (laughs) It's nothing special, but we do every single year. Anyway, guys, let's go ahead and talk about Leviticus chapter 2, verses 11 through 16. This was a really hard portion for me to research. I was very, very confused for a while there. I was having such a hard time figuring out what God was saying here. So finally, after reading several commentaries, I actually switched my version of the Bible from the WEB to the AMP, And (laughs) I realized that the W.E.B. worded some things very strangely and the A.M.P. tends to explain more because the A.M.P. is a very literal version of the Bible. I believe it goes straight back to the Hebrew. So I really like the A.M.P. version of the Bible. So today I'm actually going to read this out of the A.M.P., which is something I don't typically do because the A.M.P., um, is not in the public domain like the W.E.B. is, but I think we really need to read this out of the A.M.P. today. So let's go ahead and grab our Bibles and our cups of coffee, and let's read this Leviticus chapter 2, 11 through 16. No grain offering that you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven, for you shall not offer up in smoke any leaven, which symbolizes the spread of sin, or any honey, which, like leaven, is subject to fermentation, in any offering by fire to the Lord. As an offering of first fruits, you may offer them, leaven and honey, to the Lord, but they shall not go up in smoke on the altar as a sweet and soothing aroma. You shall season every grain offering with salt, so that the salt or preservation of the covenant of your God will not be missing from your grain offering. You shall offer salt with all your offerings. If you bring a grain offering of early ripened things to the Lord, you shall bring fresh heads of grain, roasted in the fire, crushed grain of new growth, for the grain offering of your early ripened things. You shall put oil on it and lay incense on it. It is a grain offering. The priest shall offer up in smoke its memorial portion, part of the crushed grain and part of its oil and its incense. It is an offering by fire to the Lord. 
So the first offerings we talked about was in Leviticus chapter 1, and those were free will offerings. Those were the ones that had to do with if a person wanted to bring a animal offering to God, then those were the rules in the first chapter of Leviticus. Now, the second chapter talks specifically about grain offerings or cereal offerings, depending on what version you read out of. But in the WEB, I think one of the reasons I was really confused is because they called the grain offerings meal offerings. And I know that there were there's different kinds of meals that you could actually bring God and they're not the same as grain offerings. So I was getting really, really confused. I was thinking of meal offerings as like literally like cooking a meal and giving it to God. And that was just not not the right thing. It's a grain offering. So basically it would have to be like like wheat or barley or something like that. And it couldn't just be like a meal that you bring. But anyway, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's me. But anyway, it says here in verse 11 that no grain offering that you bring to the Lord shall be made with leaven. For you shall not offer up in smoke any leaven, which symbolizes the spread of sin, or any honey, which like leaven is subject to fermentation, which is also something I didn't know. I had no clue that honey ferments stuff, but it absolutely does. I looked it up and uh, yeah, it, it can ferment stuff and it ferments itself and ferment something that it is on. So God did not want any fermentation in his grain offerings. Now there were different offerings later on that God talks about, I think in Leviticus chapter six or seven, where if uh, leaven was offered as a first fruit, and what a first fruit is, is the very first fruits or vegetables that you get from your farm, say you have leaven that you want to bring to God. You could, in fact, bring leaven to God and offer it as a first fruit. In fact, it says that right here, as an offering of first fruits, you may offer them, in other words, leaven and honey to the Lord, but they should not be burned with fire. So yes, people could bring their honey, say they uh, took care of bees and wanted to bring their honey, and that was the first of all the honey they got. That would be their first fruit offering. They could bring the honey to the priest, almost like a tithe in a way. This this kind of reminds me of old-fashioned tithing a little bit, where, you know, back then, these people were all farmers. Like, they all had farms. They all had cattle or sheep, or they were all farmers. It was a farming community. So if somebody kept bees and wanted to bring honey to God, that was absolutely acceptable. And God wasn't saying, oh, you can never eat honey because honey represents sin. No, <laughs> God was not saying that. In fact, he says here that you can bring honey as an offering, but honey itself cannot be burned on the altar with fire. It says that that is not allowed. Why? I'm not exactly sure. It probably has sim some symbolism that I just don't quite understand but God understands it and he specifically says he did not want leaven or honey being burned on the altar if you choose to bring either of those two things to God as a uh, as like a first fruit um, sacrifice or whatever so going back to the grain offering though when a person brought a grain offering specifically this would be an offering of thanksgiving for 
the grains that they got because I would guess that wheat and barley and whatever else back then was probably the most common thing people would grow since everybody kind of had to consume bread to live. So at any point in time, it didn't have to be just the first fruits. Anybody could take their grain throughout the year and bring a grain offering to God. And that's kind of what we talked about on uh, Friday with the grain offering could be put in a pan and it could be like made into crackers or made into pancakes or made into whatever. And it could be brought to God. Part of it at that point would be burned. And then the other part would be given to the priests. Like I said, did not have to be a first fruits offering, but it was an offering of thanksgiving for thanking God. You know, God, thank you so much for this grain that you have given me, basically. And that's what that offering would be. That was the point of a grain offering, if I understand correctly. So God says here, and this is kind of a continuation on from what we talked about on Friday, whenever a person brought specifically a grain offering, first and foremost, God did not want it to be leavened. He did not want it to have leaven or honey in it. And like I said, this was only for the grain offering. Other offerings had different rules. For example, the first fruits, you could bring leaven. And I think there was one offering called a peace offering where leaven bread could be brought as a peace offering, but that one also could not be burned on the altar. But this here in Leviticus 2, God is being specific that this is only grain offerings where the leaven couldn't be baked in the bread. So when somebody brought a grain offering, they would not be allowed to have leaven or honey in it. It would have to be almost like crackers in a sense. And then also, it's a continuation on from Friday. It says that Every grain offering that a person brings has to be seasoned with salt. And from my understanding of this, the priests would actually have salt and would season it themselves when the people brought it. And it only had to be a little bit. It only had to be a pinch. And I don't know if um, the people themselves, if they happen to have salt, would do it themselves at their house and like put a little pinch of salt on it or not and they could bring it or I don't know if the priest had to do it or if the people at home had to do it that was something I'm still a little bit unclear about but from what I read I think the priests actually had um, salt like stored in the temple specifically for grain offerings so that they could season all the different grain offerings with a little pinch of salt And so it says here, you shall season every grain offering with salt so that the salt is actually like a representation of the preservation of the covenant of God. So we might not think of salt as being something like super important to do, especially if it's the tiniest little pinch. I mean, it probably wouldn't even be, you wouldn't even be able to taste it, you know, if, uh, if Aaron and his sons like like seasoned the grain offering with salt, probably wouldn't even be able to taste it. But it was important for God. And it was important as symbolism that the covenant between God and his people was being preserved. Because if you think about salt, one thing I really, really enjoy a little bit too much is cured meat. (laughs) I absolutely love beef jerky and Slim Jims and any other kind of meat sticks. I love cured meat. And what cured meat is, is it's basically preserved with a ton of salt. And it's 
not super good for you if you eat a ton of it. And I eat a little bit too much of it. And I used to get these, um, I think they were like smoked pork sticks. Oh, they were so good. And they had like chili peppers in there and stuff. Oh my goodness. I could have eaten those for lunch. I loved those things so much. <laughs> but my point is that meat was being preserved because of that preservative that was in it, which was the salt and whatever else they stick in it to preserve the meat. But a lot of it has to do with salt. Salt is really, really good at preserving something. You know, if that smoked pork stick that I, I used to like eating didn't have salt on it, it would have gone bad in a handful of hours. It would have been, been terrible. I would have been sick to my stomach eating poisoned pork. <laughs> But thankfully, because it was preserved properly, weeks, months, or even possibly years later, I could open that bag of pork sticks and enjoy them all day. And God is talking about how a tiny little bit of salt is preserving the grain offerings. And honestly, there might have been a health benefit for this as well for the priests. Because as people continue to bring food in and are bringing their grain offerings in, we know that the priests are allowed to keep a lot of them. The, the priests are allowed to keep a good portion of them, actually. Some of it gets offered to God, but some of it gets preserved for the priests. They're allowed to eat it. So if something like a cracker, if, if the priest gets a bunch of crackers, those could probably store for weeks before the priests get to them, and they have plenty of food for their family in a handful of weeks because those crackers had no yeast in them. They weren't going to spoil from yeast or honey or whatever else. They were going to be preserved with salt and with, you know, not having that uh, yeast and honey in them. So I think there was a health benefit for this as well, not just as a symbolism of preserving the covenant between God and his people, though that was a big part of it, but also just to make sure that the priests themselves are going to be protected and not eat anything that's going to make them sick. So after this, it talks about verses 14 through 16. It says that if you bring a grain offering of early ripened things to the Lord, so I think this would have been like a first fruits uh, God's talking about, then you shall bring fresh heads of grain roasted in the fire and then crushed grain of new growth for the grain offering of your early ripened things. Now, I don't know enough about grain to really... Um, <laughs> to really shine some light on this, but I do know that the heads of grain, you know, if I, I, I'm sure you guys know what a head of grain looks like. I'm guessing that those would be like roasted in the fire and then other parts of them, like the green heads of grain would be crushed into like a powder, it sounds like here. This is how a first fruit grain offering would be done. It says that some of it would be roasted in the pan and then other parts of it, the new growth of uh, grain would be crushed up. And then it would be, it would have oil on it. And then it would also have incense on it. And it would be a first fruit grain offering in particular. This is mostly here. It looks like in Leviticus 2 talking specifically about grain offerings, whether it's a grain offering of Thanksgiving or a first fruit grain offering. Leviticus 2 is talking specifically about grain offerings. Since grain would have sustained the people 
at this point in time. This would have been their main source of food. So grain would have been a very, very important thing for the people to give to God as both a first fruits and also as thanksgiving for what God has given his people. And this is the point of the grain offering. Thanking God for everything in our lives. You know, the stuff that he gives us that sustains us. Even if, uh, you know, we don't think of grain as being something super glamorous. At least I don't. (laughs) Especially for me, I don't really care for bread. I think I've mentioned that a handful of times on the podcast that bread is not my favorite. I don't really care for sandwiches or toast or (laughs) any other kind of bread really. And yeah, I'm not a big bread fan. So for me, thinking about this stuff, I'm just like, man, this does not sound super glamorous. But in these days, like I said, this would have sustained the people. So if we're thinking about this for nowadays, what can we give to God? Like, how is God sustaining us currently? And it doesn't even have to be financially. It could be anything. And what can we do to give thanks for that thing that God is sustaining us with? How can we give thanks for it? And I think that's my uh, challenge for you guys today is to think about what can we give thanks for today? Whether it's your cozy bed, whether it's uh, your husband or wife, or even some of the gifts you got for Christmas. How can we thank God for sustaining us through those things that he has given us today? Well, guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, like and share it on your social media platforms. But also check out the bio of this podcast episode. I'm going to have a link that I want you guys to click on and follow. And that's going to take you over to the YouTube page where I would love for you guys to subscribe because I finally got my camera and I'm going to see how it works. And I'm going to try to do some video editing in the next couple months so i am quite excited about where the youtube channel is going to go um kind of excited and nervous at the same time i'm not looking forward to learning video editing but once i do i think it's going to be a good thing that i have that i know how to do and i think the youtube channel is going to be a really um fun thing for you guys to follow soon but friends and faithful listeners happy new year And I hope you guys are blessed throughout the entire new year.